An absolute bloodbath. The Jets were destroyed 54-13 by the Patriots in Foxborough. On top of that, Zach Wilson got hurt, and he might miss a few games. The 1-5 Jets looked like they were still in their bye week. What the heck happened out there? SMY's Janae Coakley will join us to try and explain Sunday's debacle. So come commiserate with us once again here on a brand new episode of Gangs All Here from the New York Post. You play to win the game. Welcome back to Gangs All Here, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. Jake Brown and Brian Costello here. Follow us on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio at Brian Cos. Janae Coakley from SMY is going to join us later in the show. But first, Cos, let's just get right into it because this was absolutely disgusting on Sunday. 54 13. The Jets fall to 1 5. Zach Wilson is hurt. Mike White took his first NFL snaps. The Jets were embarrassed off the field by a team that hadn't won a home this year, a team that's been inconsistent, a team that the Jets, you know, kind of handled their defense handled in week two at home. And, you know, the problem was Zach Wilson. But this is getting out of hand with the first as we've given this team so many breaks because it's a rookie quarterback, every rookie head coach, a rookie offensive coordinator. You got out yardage five fifty one to two twenty nine. Play seventy four to sixty one. The score is fifty four to thirteen. The Jets have been outscored by the Patriots this year eighty to nineteen. In the first half, the Jets continue to just get murdered every single time. They had a bye week to get it right. They couldn't get it right. They've been outscored one hundred six to twenty in the first half. They are a college team going up against NFL teams. And there's only so many weeks I could say, oh, they'll get better. They're growing. They're maturing. This was a laugher, and they were laughed off the field. Embarrassing effort. And I don't want to hear the guys play hard out there because in the second half, that became more of a laugher than ever. And if you're a Jets fan watching this game, you got to be disgusted. Now at 1-5 with the Bengals coming here, Halloween, things are going to get even spookier next week going against a first-place Bengal team. This was truly pathetic, cause. Can we start with the food in the press box, Jake? Do you want something positive? The steak tips were delicious tonight. Oh, God. Steak tips, apple crumble, a little vanilla ice cream. I with, do like steak tips. Uh, they, it was excellent. I mean, uh, where do you want to start, Jake? <laughs> it, like The thing to me is this is a team coming off a bye, right? They had two weeks, and that's what they came up with. So like the final score is the final score. It, it, it was insane that they gave up 54 points, but Let's start with the beginning of the game. They come out, run Michael Carter, run Michael Carter. Zach Wilson gets sacked. They're off the field. The Patriots are already up at 7 nothing because they drove down the field with a screen pass. How many times have we freaking seen a screen pass that the Jets can't defend this year? Every game this year. Yep. Then they run a trick play, which, guess what? The Patriots run trick plays every week. Like that, You had to be ready for some kind of double pass or option pass. Like You had to be ready for that. Then they drive down again, score 14 nothing. Before you blink, it's 14 nothing. So when Zach Wilson went down, the game already felt like it was over, 17-0. They, they ran their best offensive play is the one that Zach Wilson got hurt on, throw the ball as far as he can downfield and hope they get a penalty flag. You know, that's what worked in, in London. It worked again today. For them to come out of the bye week and play like that, and I get they have a rookie quarterback, but guess what? So does New England. And he's not supposed to be as good as your rookie quarterback. He but doesn't look like a rookie. He, he makes like rookie. the right decisions. He doesn't, you know, make He played like Tom Brady throws. today. He looked like Tom yeah. Brady. I, I've covered 100 games up here. 
that looked like Tom Brady. And if you look at it, I mean, the Patriots have better tight ends than the Jets, right? No, no question there. But if you look at their running backs and their wide receivers, they're they're not better than what the Jets have. They're equal, if if not worse. So, how are they doing this? I, I love them looking at, at Michael Floor a little bit here. You know, what, what are you doing? You got to get this thing going. It feels like this coaching staff is getting out coached every week. And I know they're they're new to the jobs, but guess what? This is the NFL. You better figure it out quickly. It is absurd when Mike White comes in and the offense looks better with a guy that's never taken a snap in his NFL career. He's 26 years old. He's never taken a snap. And the offense came to life a little bit in the second half. Cause they start the second half. They started with a score and they get, they made the game somewhat interesting. The first drive was pretty good, but some of that Jake is against the defense. That's winning 31 to seven and is called off the dogs. I mean, we saw that with Zach Wilson week one in Carolina. He played better in the second half. We saw it against new England in week two. He played better in the second half because these defenses are going into a shell where it's just saying, okay, we're playing pre-vet defense in the middle of the third quarter. They're, they're calling off the dog. So let me see what Mike White does at the beginning of the game against a good Bengals defense next week. Let, let's see that. Is it a lock that he's going to play? Do you think my, it's, yeah, it's a lock? Yeah, I think Wilson's it's a lock. Out. Yeah, for, for Sunday, absolutely. I mean, what, what I'm talking to a source after the game, they think it's a PCL, not an ACL. So the PCL is not as serious. They think it's a, as, you know, a strain. He's going to have an MRI tomorrow to see how significant it is. That is typically like a three to four week injury. So I think you're, you're, he's probably out for the next month. The Jets have two games next week. You know, they play Sunday against the Bengals and Thursday against the Colts. I don't think there's any way Zach Wilson's playing in those two games. I don't think he's probably going to play against Buffalo the following week. I think the earliest you're looking at him back is probably Miami. Now, this is early. So maybe the MRI shows something different. Maybe this kid is a really quick healer and fights his way back. But those two games next week, I, I, I don't see him coming back for that. It is as Jetsy and as it gets that they have two games in a week when their quarterback is hurt and their backup has never played in a week. I mean, you have a week six bye. I mean, why so early? The NFL schedule gods were not with us right now, guys. Think about how much we talked about backup quarterback, right? We've talked about it on this podcast. I've written about it in the post. We've talked about this since probably May. Should they bring in Nick Foles? Should they trade for Nick Foles? Should they bring him? Brian Hoyer was on the field at the end of the game today. The Jets had him in for a visit in April and didn't sign him. And still lighting him up. Yep. Yeah. So like what, you know, now you have Mike White and he did some good things, Jake. I thought, you know, he made some nice throw. The throw to Corey Davis down the sideline, I thought was a nice throw. I don't know if fans realize this, but like he has not played with the starters since, I don't even think he played with the starters in training camp. I don't remember him ever playing with the starters. So He's throwing the guys he never throws to. He is the scout team quarterback during the week. So he was Mac Jones this week in practice. He was running the Patriots offense. He has not run the Jets offense, I should say, since training camp. That's how this works. Zach Wilson gets all the reps in practice. So now if if they have some time with Mike White to get him ready, like we'll see. You know, we'll see what he can do. I don't expect a lot, but you know, the Jets believed in him. That's why they didn't bring in that was part of why they didn't bring in another backup. Now he's got to prove them right. I mean, we joke about it. Josh McCown, is your is your phone available? Because who is Mike White's backup now? Is well, Josh, I mean, Josh Johnson coming? Yeah. yeah, they'll sign. They'll bring him up from the practice squad and and make him on the active roster. I think. So White will probably still start over Johnson. Even oh, absolutely. Johnson I mean, he's the number experience. two. No, he's yeah. the number two. I mean, if he they didn't believe in Mike White, Josh Johnson would be the number two, and White would be on the practice squad. Or will Nick Foles be a Jet? <laughs> a couple of weeks. I mean, people say that, but like Jake, you can't. You, like Nick Foles has never played in this offense. 
Like his connection is to Joe Douglas, but the Eagles didn't run this offense. So to me, it's not really Nick Foles. And I think that would be a total panic move by Joe Douglas if he gave up draft picks now for Nick Foles. Like he can't come in and learn the system overnight. You know, do they sign someone who played in San Francisco? Maybe one of those guys is out there. I'm not sure where Nick Mullins is now, if he's on the roster. Do they sign someone who knows the system from Green Bay, which is similar, or Tennessee, which is similar? There are quarterbacks out there who run the system. But I, you know, I don't think I don't think they'll make a move for Foles. I, I think they're going to ride Mike White here, and especially Jake because it's not going to be a season-ending injury for Zach Wilson. He'll be back, so I think they're just going to try to get through the next few weeks with Mike White. Nick Mullins is the Browns' backup right now. Oh, yeah, they, okay. they have a quarterback controversy with Baker Hurts. So quarterback injuries a common theme right now, and the rookie coaching staff is looking like it could maybe be a problem here. You know, Lafleur. Finally, I've been clamoring for weeks. They do a reverse, and Elijah Moore scores, and everything's good and grand. And then, you know, you have to go for two there. You're down. They were going to make it 16 if they got the two. And they do a draw play with Michael Carter up the middle. They went from great play to polar opposite of predictability 101 with the famous handoff draw with your shortest running back. That does not work 99 times out of 100. And, of course, it didn't work. And not that that changed much. But, hey, yeah, if it's a two-possession game, if you get that, I just thought that's just a terrible, lazy play call there. How would you like the fourth and one, Jake? Right the Hated middle. that, too. Another I mean, bad it's predictable. How many times are they going to run up the middle on fourth and one? And then you see New England goes for a fourth and one. They throw a quick pass to the tight end. Like, how hard is this? Creativity. That. You're seeing that, that's creativity. Not even that cre- that's not even that creative. It's a short pass to the tight end. It's not like they ran a double reverse pass on fourth and one. Like, just – just don't hand it to the guy running up the middle. Like, it just doesn't work. And they do it over and over and over again. It just drives you crazy. You knew this coaching staff was going to have growing pains. I didn't think it was going to be this bad. And you have to hope they come out of it at some point and figure it out. But right now, you know, I wrote this in the report card for the paper. Like, Michael Ford looks like he's in over his head right now to me. And I know he hasn't been dealt with the best hand. They don't have the tremendous talent, but it's got to be better than this, man. Think about, I got to go back and look who the heck was even playing linebacker. They had so many injuries at linebacker today. That's going to be interesting going forward, too. And you see how bad with that. I mean, C.J. Mosley shows you why he's the Jets MVP. Without him on the field, that defense just looked lost. I I texted someone close to C.J. during the game, and I said, C.J. should walk in there tomorrow and say, I want more money. (laughs) For real. he's, He's paid a lot of money, but like he showed his worth. In this game, and that's kind of when you see how valuable guys are is when they don't play like that. Jake, I can remember a game. I'm not sure if you remember this one. In 2011, the Jets played the Ravens in prime time. It was like a Sunday night game, I want to say. And Nick Mangle didn't play. And Ed Reed blitzed on like the first play off the edge and drilled Sanchez. And Sanchez fumbled and it was like they scored a touchdown. And it was just a bloodbath. The Ravens killed them. And I remember that, that day I was like, Okay, Mangold, this is how good Mangold is. And CJ is like a similar player to Mangold in terms of getting everyone lined up, calling the plays, and the Jets, you saw it on the first series. The Patriots just running up the middle, calling the screen pass. Like there was just, they were just killing them. So they really, they need Mosley back. Now, the good news, I'll say, Jake, is before the game, Mosley was working out in the field. He was doing a lot. I didn't think he was going to play because no one of no, no, no decision makers were watching him. You know, like, you know, if, he, if they actually thought he might play, Robert Sala and Joe Douglas would have been out there watching him. But he was going through a pretty, you know, it wasn't a strenuous workout, I wouldn't say. But, it, you know, he was working out. So I, I do think there has to be some optimism for him to be back next week. 
And speaking of Coach Sala, after the game, Kaz, he was pretty pissed off, and he had some uh, profanities to share. Listen up. No, they, these are grown men. Um, they are. They're in, in this league, and I refuse to believe otherwise. The, these men play their tails off. They go to work, and they have a lot of pride. Uh, there's a lot of pride in the locker room. There's a lot of pride throughout the NFL in terms of they're putting on tape, and they're showing out, and they're trying to play for one another and their, their teammates, their family. There's there's a lot of whys for why people show up. So, um if you need somebody, and it's just my opinion, to be in your butt yelling at you to get going, playing a child's game at a King's Ransom, then you don't deserve to wear the logo, period. And uh, and I know we got great character guys. I know they were playing their butts off. It, it's just every once in a while you get your f- excuse my language, uh, you get your teeth knocked in. So you asked the question about, you know, a little kick in the ass, and then he followed it with a little profanity of his own. Sal seems pissed off, and rightfully so. I don't know if that means I'm, I'm happy. Oh, or my coach is pissed off. You still got hammered. He said, we're fighting. We're playing well. I don't know, 13 points at, at times. They looked like they gave up in the second half. What do you think of his profanities and answer your question? I thought you need to show a little fire after this game, Jake. This was what Rex Ryan was the master at with you guys. And when I say you guys, you fans. Rex made it feel like he was one of you after a game. Like this, Rex would come in. And he'd be pissed and he'd swear and people ate it up. It was something that's where like Todd Bowles and Adam Gase, they never kind of did it. Todd Bowles, I can remember once doing that. Gase wouldn't, Gase believed in like even keel, never doing that. So I wanted to see if Salah was going to say, yeah, like, you know, I'm going to, I don't think he yelled at the team, but he, he gave you a little bit there, a little bit of profanity. And to me, Jake, you saw Robert Salah realizing how hard this job is today. And what he took on. And I think these guys become NFL co- head coaches. They have a lot of confidence in their ability, or you're not going to be an NFL head coach. They're more optimistic than you or I about stuff. And I think we've seen Salah be very positive about everything. I think today he realized like how big a job this is and just how tough this is going to be to turn this program around. I'm sure he'll bounce back. He didn't look shell-shocked after the game. That's the wrong word. He sort of looked just kind of pissed off and humbled. I mean, man, Belichick. Is Belichick ever going to get over the Jets? Like, <sighs> ever? Like, he's throwing the ball in the fourth quarter. And, you know, everyone, all the Jets said they didn't have a problem with it. And it's the NFL. But, man, I would be pissed off if he was doing that to me. Where he's up by 30 and he's airing the ball out. Like, he just hates the Jets, like, so much, you know? 80. To 19 costs in yeah. two games. And, and it should be a lot worse than that, which is scary. And, like, Jake, some of the stuff, I don't know if you saw some of the things I tweeted. The last time the Jets gave up 54 points was 1979. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and this has not been a good team in the last 40 years, in case I you didn't know. So, like, 1979, they lost 56-3 to in Foxborough to the Patriots. That day, they hadn't given up 50 points since 1995. And again, there's been a lot of bad Jets football since 1995. Still had never hadn't given up 50 points. The 551 total yards was the most since September of 1998, which was the 49ers Garrison Hurst game, which was an overtime game and they gave up 557 that day. So, like this was like some historic stuff today and not in a good way. And Jets history has a lot of bad. So when you're making bad Jets history, like that's not good. <laughs> Like yeah, the last time that happened, Joe Namath was at Studio 54 with Sunny and Cher. I give you this. 1979, Jake. 
I was three years old. I was, yeah. you know, so you're an old man. Cause, geez. I know I'm old. So that's how long ago it was. And a young Mark Canizero was in the stands that day, Jake. Yeah, Kaz, uh Can is he's getting his sixties. He's he's collecting his AARP <laughs> benefits uh, soon. That, that, oh, you, that better, you better hope he doesn't listen to this, Jake. So, uh, I but doubt the, he does, but... the steak tips were phenomenal, Jake. Are they like, tidbits? Because there's an iconic tips. steak tidbits in a story. I shout out to Blackbirds. No, I've posted it. Tips. You know, steak tips. Yeah, so that's like the. You know, the, the edge With of the garlic food. bread underneath it. No, no, nope. no garlic. Oh, bread. no garlic. No bread. Bread. Okay. But they, they also have great New England clam chowder in the Patriots press box. They're known for that. And then the apple crumble with the vanilla ice cream was just excellent. So do you dip it in o- au jus? Is the steak tips in yes, au jus? Yes, yes, it is. Au jus. Yes. Is, yeah. The au jus is essential. Yeah. Well, potatoes, um, some potatoes, some salad. It's, it was a good. I had the salad. I had the salad. Oh, DJ, that's so. uh, you had to let Doctor Corleone know that you had something healthy outside of steak tips. Oh, well, Robert Sala might have needed uh, some steak tips uh, from the press box because in, in another answer he cursed a little bit. Listen to this. Yeah, obviously this is is the NFL. You you give up fifty points. It's embarrassing. If I don't think I've had this feeling after a game since two thousand seventeen against Dallas. Uh, a helpless feeling where you're just watching and you're trying to you're trying to figure something out. But uh, um, you know, I'll be honest. You know, we talk about adversity, and everyone was asking this. You can chalk this one up. This is it. It's here. So it's uh, it's this is uh, from coaches all the way down. Uh, NFL doesn't really give a flying <laughs> excuse my language, but uh, in terms of scheduling, we got to line up next week and for the next thir- uh, eleven or twelve, whatever we got left. So. Um, I know we got the right men in that locker room. I know we got the right people in that locker room, and I know we'll uh, we'll come back strong. And uh, it's, but we got to get it going. All right. So the curse counter for Robert Salas at two. We'll see how many he has to get through this season to keep it going. But man, that was an ugly one. And to talk more about the disaster in New England, we'll be joined next year on Gangs All Here by SNY's Janae Coakley. All right, joining us now on Gangs All Here. She does a great job at SNY covering the Jets and all the New York sports scenes. Janae Coakley, friend of the program. Follow her on Twitter at Janae Coakley. You sat with Kaz in the press box today, so you got to witness him truly enjoying this Richard Seymour (laughs) halftime presentation. Kaz, I'll let you give the play-by-play, and Janae will give the uh, reaction to you. So this was at halftime, Janae. Janae and I were sitting down at halftime, I believe we were eating our apple crumble at that point, Jake. Uh, we had mm. moved on to the dessert mm-hmm. portion of the day. They, you get ice cream they, with that apple crumb, by the way. Yes, That's yes. the important oh. thing to today's game. Ice cream. Wonderful. So Richard Seymour was inducted into the Patriots Hall of Fame at halftime, Jake. So he was out giving his speech. And all of a sudden, Janae could see my ears perk up and my eyes light up. As Richard Seymour said, you know, when Bill Belichick called me, he asked me which game I'd like to be honored at. And he's like, I told him I want to come to our homecoming game against the Jets. Oh, there it is. Janae, mm. mm. how, how excited did I look? I told you, I got, I had to write it down. I'm like, I had to write, I wrote the quote down. I'm like, that is something I can, I can work with. Right, Janae? Oh, that was definitely, that's definitely, that has cause written all over it. <laughs> I was a little disappointed it wasn't tweeted immediately after that comment. Because, I, well, I was close. I was again, close. Yeah. It was close. It was close. You had to write it down first and then yeah. you tweeted it out. And I didn't want my but ice cream to I, melt before I tweeted it. Yeah. Solid point. See, and again, you have to think of the positives from today's game. The apple <laughs> crumbles 
with the ice cream at halftime was key today, don't you think? That and the steak tips. We've already I already told Jake the steak tips and the apple crumble were the only thing that got me through today. Yep. Clam so. chowder. How many how many cups of clam chowder soup do you have? Yes, right. Yeah. This is quite the spread had, out there. I, it's amazing. He, he, Jake, what we were talking about today, we had a football game, and we're talking about the food in the Richard Seymour <laughs> homecoming comment. Listen, I, I was home. or I ordered Chinese. Uh, the nightcap was a hanger steak burger, so I, I waffle fries. I ate my face off today, too. A little shrimp lo mein, uh, some shrimp teriyaki. So I went a little ham wow. for a football Sunday. But, yeah, that was rough today. I mean, you're watching that. Are you thinking – what the hell is going on? Or are you thinking Bill Belichick is enjoying every second of this and is very happy that he's pounding the Jets right now? I, well, again, Taz had to come to the third row with his TV people, so I actually got to enjoy the game with Taz. So it's fun to watch a game like that with Taz because, you know, we keep I keep looking over at him watching his facial expressions because, again, <laughs> highlight of my day is watching Taz and then watching what he tweets. I would say, what do you think, Taz? I would say by, like, the second offensive series, I'm like, oh, dear God, this yeah. is as bad as I thought it's going to get. You knew it was going to be a tough match for the Jets simply because the Patriots were 0-4 at home. That doesn't happen. So, but I did think the Jets would give them a good game. I mean, they're coming off their bye week. But by the second offensive series, I was like, oh, damn. And then by the second defensive series, I was like, oh, sugar plums. I can't swear right on this podcast. Well, well Robert Sala was. We, we had, I guess we had to bleep oh. him out earlier. So if you want to, we'll do some more bleeping. Well, again, I, I was talking to my producer at SMR. They pulled out of the Robert Sala interview before the end. And I'm like, what was that about? I was like, mm, he dropped the F-bomb in the F-bomb on, on us. We had to pull out of the whole press conference. I was like, whoa, what am I missing here? Who did you talk to after the game, Janae? I had Eliza Moore, and then I was, and he was actually very good. I'll be honest with you. I always tell you this: I have a lot of respect for the guys that talk after a loss, especially a loss like that. I mean, granted, Elijah's a rookie; he, he did have his first NFL touchdown, so I probably was a little better to talk to him. But he put everything on the team. He's like, "Not coach's fault. This is our fault." And then I said, "What ha-? You know, when you lose your quarterback." the guy that you're so used to and you're working with, he's like, doesn't matter, next man up. You know, he said all the right things. But I was surprised because he is a rookie and how often did he lose in college? Right, like not that. very often. Yeah, not only that. It's, yeah. Janae, it's got to be tough, you know, in your position where, you know, every year this is happening where you got to talk to these guys when they're, you know, one in 12 or they're, you know, at this case, one, one in five. Is it difficult to find those stories and, and to try to, you know, get positive spins and, and deal with guys who are losing constantly and trying to get honest and good answers out of them? How difficult is that as a reporter? Well, Todd, you can speak to it because you've been along this ride at the same time as long as I have been. It is really hard, but I was talking to someone, it's funny you say, like three weeks ago, another reporter, she covers the, one of my friends covers the Bears. I'm like, I think I've actually become a better reporter because it's so much harder to interview guys after they lose constantly. Like, we were so excited when they beat Tennessee because I don't remember the last time they actually had a win in person because we only got two wins last year, but it was through Zoom. Cause do you remember the last time they won at home in person? Like, how sad is that? I don't even remember yeah. the Pittsburgh, last time I Pittsburgh, a guy. Yeah, the Pittsburgh game in 2019 was probably it at home, yeah. yeah. And then Nine, before that, when was it before that? Like, well, well, two years ago they won some. 2019, they won seven games. So they, they won some at home that year. But, yeah, it makes you, Jake, really think about how to ask your questions. I'll say that. Exactly. Like, yeah, because you have to figure out how, I, how can I not insult this guy but also ask him, like, why they're not playing well. And you can't just say, why do you suck? 
<laughs> so like you have to come up with ways exactly. to ask that without without exactly. saying you know because well, so Janae's on the field cause you're at least doing it from a distance you're you know within six feet of these guys so it's definitely <laughs> a, a little bit different and the immediacy of after the game and being right next to them is just like a different different experience again i was i literally think to myself oh god what the hell am i gonna ask these kids and they're kids to me because i could have worked them like we talked before <laughs> i'm like what am I going to ask these guys? I mean, they just got beat 55 to 13. Was that the final score? I don't remember. I mean, 54, but if you want to give them an extra point for, for uh, Nick, Folk, mean, point, Nick Folk missed the extra point. Yeah. You know, Folk <laughs> hero. One, there you go. Once you get past 50, I mean, at this point, who? I mean, Tom Brady didn't, hasn't even put 50 up on this Jets team. Have they? No. Tom Brady couldn't even do that. Mac Jones did. Will Scott's basketball team score more than 54 in their first game of the season, Janae? Is that, that's the question. They better, let me tell you that. <laughs> He's not going to come home happy if that's the case. <laughs> he ain't coming home, and if he does, I'm getting the hell out of here because like, I can't deal with covering a bad team and living with a man who coaches a bad team. Um, but that also, like I said, because I'm married to a – it does put things in perspective. So when I do talk to these guys, I under – like. I think I have a different perspective too because it's like, my God, like these kids want to lose like that. And I know it's a cliche and they, this is their job and this is what they need to do, but that's got to get tough. I mean, Quinn and Williams has never won a game in the month of September as a professional athlete. Can you imagine? Like, never won a game in the month of September as a professional athlete. Well, I saw Quinn talking to Mac Jones after the game. You know, they went to Alabama together. I mean, can you imagine what Quinn, like, Quinn went to the greatest college football program of this time right like i wonder what quinn's record was in college but he might he can't have lost more than four games in college right i mean he was there for three years yeah so he, he'll he probably go out. yeah no way, yeah and now to lose like this and and you know so richard seymour's comment about homecoming it looked like alabama vanderbilt out there today it did and janae like did, i mean how disturbing do you, or concerning do you think it is that they had a buy, and the, this is what the coaches came out with. They just they, they they talked about their first quarter all this time, and they still come out and you know they had an okay drive on the second drive, but they they got nothing done in the first quarter. That first drive though, they went three and out. It's like that. What? And again, I'm not a coach. I don't get paid to be a coach. I have no clue how to be a head football coach or offensive coordinator. But I, I mean, you you had a week and a half to figure out that problem, and you couldn't even like. I don't know. You go three and out in your first drop, your first offensive drive. We talked about this cause at this point, why are they deferring? I mean, I know they came out with a bang that third quarter, but come on. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. Quite, right. And I mean, Kendrick Bourne starts off with a touchdown pass. I mean, the jets got to start letting receivers throw at this point. If the quarterbacks aren't going to be good, try someone else, let them throw it worked for the Patriots. And we saw what we talked about earlier in the show. Janae is a little creativity with Elijah Moore there. I think, there needs yeah, to be what happened. It, it works so there needs to be something and then they followed it up with the predictable handoff on the two-point conversion there's got to be a little bit more creativity because I, I know it's early but i don't know if these coaches are going to stick beyond this year if they're this inept every first half when you're getting what is it 108 20 they've been outscored in the first half oh they'll stick jake well is this the first time <laughs> yeah is this the first time that a team has been scoreless in the first quarter since the 08 Lions. 08 Lions, yeah, 2008 Lions, Lions which 2008 Lions, there's not a team you want to be in the same sentence as. They went 0-16. No, exactly. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's just, it's brutal. But they'll they'll stick, Jake, because they have contracts that are going to make them stick. Robert Sala benefited from, you know, how desperate the Jets were at the time and got a nice long contract and all his assistants did too. So 
But here's the deal, Cause, What do they do now with Zach? I mean, I don't think Zach's playing next week unless he's – I mean, I saw him walking out. There's no way – I mean, unless he's like Wolverine and like his <laughs> knee heels. Yeah, and if you miss but and you miss that game, Jimmy, well, it's Mike White. It's the Mike White show. This is what they signed up for when they didn't bring on. They didn't bring in a veteran backup. They said, "Oh, we believe in Mike White." Well, now's the time to show it. They can't do anything. They have two games next week, so they need someone who knows the offense. Josh, Mike White knows you, you could Josh Johnson. You bring Josh no. Johnson back. Well, oh, he'll, he'll be he'll be the backup. Like they'll, they'll bring him, but you can't. You, you're not going to leapfrog Josh Johnson over Mike White. Like why wouldn't you have Josh Johnson as the backup? all season if you didn't you know if you thought he was better than Mike White. They like Mike White. They they actually they do. They like they liked him in the spring. They liked him in the summer. Now we'll see how they like him in November. Did they like him after the second half did they like him after the second half of watching him play an NFL game? I didn't think he was I did not think he, Mike White was terrible today. Like on the list of things that went wrong. He was I better he than I expected. No, I, Everyone yeah, expected. And like, I agree with you. He had, had no he had no practice, you know, like he's coming in with no practice no, all you're week. Right. So I thought he was okay. I mean first NFL pass was touchdowns. Yeah. And and I thought the throw on the sideline to Corey Davis was a was a really nice throw. I, there were there were some things there. So you know, I'm, were you, I'm okay were you thinking it could be a Bledsoe Brady situation? Is that where you were thinking? <laughs> I, I did tweet Wally Pip Wilson at one point when I saw Mike White rolling. I think Zach's job security is, is safe right now. All right. Just throwing it out there. I don't know. Yeah. I was just saying. <laughs> what did you think of Coach Vokas today? Very dejected, right? Yeah, he said, yeah, I thought I said to Jake, I thought this was the moment when he realized how big this job is. And that like yeah, these guys are all really confident and that's how they become NFL head coaches and they they always try to stay positive and, and not let negativity creep in, but hard not to let negativity creep in when you lose 54 to 13. I thought he realized today, like just, just how big a job it is to turn the jets around. <laughs> and, you know, I'm sure he'll bounce back. I'm, you know, we've been around him now. He's a very positive guy. You know, I'm sure by Wednesday he'll be, he'll be back to being his normal self. But yeah, I mean, it reminded me Janae of Todd Bowles in Kansas city in 2016 after Fitzpatrick threw six interceptions mm, and Todd was, remember Todd, Todd was swearing that day kind of reminded me of, of that. Mm, that's a good call. Yeah. And I think New Yorkers, we, we like to see that, you know, Terry Collins was good at that with the Mets with cursing after a game and getting people fired up. And it's, you got to show some life after coming out of the bye week looking like that. Well, Janae, good luck the rest of the year. Hopefully we'll be, you know, <laughs> revisit later in the season causes, uh, press box tales and, and his, his murmuring and his laughter uh, when no one's looking. Janae real Coakley, quick, by the way, Jake, yeah. wait, real quick, Jake, did Todd tell you that he was a big deal over in London interviewing <laughs> on camera? Do you know that? I didn't did know. Kaz, you, you didn't tell me about this. What happened? I can send, I can send some pictures for you. Uh, please do. I am, uh, I'm very big in Denmark, Jake. Really? So I did it. I did an interview while we were in London with Danish TV. Yeah. And Janae captured some cause, pictures. Just so you know. Yeah, yeah. So yes, the, the Danish, the Danish TV folks were excited to talk to me, and um, the Australians. And a couple of years ago, was it the Australians? I remember correctly. Yes, the Australia. I did. Wow, you have a good memory. Yes, Australian <laughs> TV <laughs> found me a few years ago to interview me. Yeah. Do they enjoy your writing? What What is What is the reason? Maybe what the gang's it? all here. I don't know. Maybe they listen <laughs> to the pod, Jake. I don't Big know. Fans of the pod, yeah. I don't Jeez. know. I don't I'm know. telling. I'm just telling you, Jake. 
be careful. You, you're he's big overseas. This guy you're working with. He's gonna start he's drinking packed. with his pinky out in a little bit. We next may have to. <laughs> maybe we may have to do a podcast from Denmark, Jake. Like maybe we should pitch that to the post. All right, post pay for that. Yeah, let's go. I'm gonna bring back some Danish rolls or, or some uh, some bre- some bread. I don't know what the hell. You have no idea there. what they eat in Denmark, do you? No. What are they eat? Chocolate? Yeah. I don't even know. Janae, good luck the rest of the way. I pray for you to watch these games and uh, with a sense of sanity. We appreciate you coming on. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. And Kyle, I can't wait till the next press flag. All I'm right. With you. Be in the third row again, Janae. And that'll say goodnight to episode 79, the Marvin Powell edition of Gangs All Here, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz for helping me out in producing the show. Subscribe to Gangs All Here on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. Write in a nice review. We appreciate your support. For Brian Costello, I'm Jake Brown. We'll be back on Thursday to preview the Jets' Halloween home matchup with the Bengals. Thanks for listening, folks.